It's great to be here. It's been four years since I've been up to see you guys. And it's a great honor and a privilege to drive up, drive up, drive up, to drive up into the Kootenays and, and to be with you. I've had a chance to do some Zoom things with some of you, so I've seen some faces over the past few years via Zoom. Um, my travel to the nations has re-engaged the last couple of years and, and uh, been really, really busy this uh, past, uh, last half of last year and then this year as well. Just to let you know, God is doing some amazing things in the nations. Uh, one of the very significant things is in, in Portugal, I've worked with a number of churches for many years since the middle of 1990s. Uh, but in last year, I was there in November, and because of uh, COVID, I had to readjust some meetings. Uh, and so uh, I ended up having a couple of days in between, and a pastor asked if I would be willing to meet with a few pastors. He said, there would be about five pastors. Would you be willing to meet with them? And I said, sure, it'd be great, fantastic. And so anyway, 66 pastors showed up. <laughs> and so I just don't know if you understand how much of a miracle that is. 66 pastors showed up. And, uh, and we, we got together from many different denominations. And God really, really, really uh, blessed us. And then I was there in January of this year and did the same thing, invited the pastors. And we had over 100 pastors come. So when you get uh, brothers coming together, brothers and sisters coming together from different streams, Focusing on Jesus instead of our differences, God does amazing things. Uh, in Bulgaria, Bulgaria, I've got three ministries there, and it's off the charts. I mean, just off the charts. I, I had, uh, I, the last meeting I was there in March, I prayed for 40 people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit in the, in the last session, and all 40, boom, 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 speaking in tongues, it's really easy. And so God is doing wonderful things. I was just in South Africa, Angola, and Portugal. I was uh, several weeks out. And in South Africa, I got to speak into a public school about Jesus, and they were singing and shouting for Jesus in a public school. So there are hungry hearts like you in the nations of the earth, and God is having his way. And so uh, Molly and I, we're happy to be here. We give greetings from our family. Um, we have had one more granddaughter since we saw you last. She's now three. She was a 2020 baby. So 2020 was a good year for us. We had a granddaughter and a number of good things. Uh, the theme here is all things new. So I want to talk to you about all things new. What does that mean? And how does that apply to us in this season? And it's wonderful that it's spring and we're going to talk about all things new. I want to start out by referring to a scripture in Isaiah chapter 11. I usually will refer to Isaiah 11 because it talks about from the stump of Jesse, not Jesse Lurch, but from the stump of Jesse, the father of David, came this shoot, which is Jesus. And then from that shoot, there comes a branch, which is Christ. And we are part of the body of Christ. And it says that on that Born again reality on that from what was old, something new is birth, an eternal Adam, last and eternal Adam, Jesus, the Christ, and the body of Christ. And on that blessed place of growth that comes out from what was destined to death, now comes something born again, new to life. 
the sevenfold Holy Spirit rests on Christ the head and Christ the body. And I teach on that a lot. And so I will often refer to those verses, but I want to go a little farther down and start by reading some verses. When I talk about all things being made new, I'm going to read Isaiah 11, beginning at verse 6. And you're going to think I'm talking about heaven until I get to a certain verse. So pay attention to scripture. Pay attention to what the, the writer, the prophet is declaring here. And so he says, the wolf also will dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the goat, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. A little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. The young ones shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play with the coat by the cobra's hole and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And in that day, there shall be a root of Jesse who shall stand as a banner to the people. For the Gentiles, those who did not know any covenant with God, shall seek him, shall seek God, and his resting place shall be glorious. So there's nothing about those verses that's about heaven. Those verses are about when heaven touches us. What happens when heaven moves into the neighborhood? What well, would former enemies come together? So Holy Spirit, would you help us to experience the mountain of God's presence here tonight and this weekend? Would you help us realize what miraculous thing has been given to us, gifted through us, through the eternal Christ Jesus. That we've been given the ability to come together as the people of God, not bound to the strongholds of our past, not bound to our ethnic groups or our cultural realities, but to come together as a family that's brought together by the Spirit of God. God is doing that in the earth. You know, often we get distracted when we see things going on in the earth and we start screaming, last days, last days, last days. Well, surely it's the end times. Look at this, look at this. You know, I like to look at what God says about last days, not what happens in the world in last days. And by the way, I had a last day 50 years ago. I'm 50 years old in Christ right now, which meant I lost my life only to discover I found it. I laid it down and found it, lost and I saved it. And every year, Christ grows in my life. And it's such good news, even though this is my 68th year passage, which means there's more years behind me than there are ahead of me on this side. But even as I get closer to that day, everything ends in a greater glory. So I've, I've got nothing but a win-win story here. I've got nothing but a win-win story. So I got, I got over with my day, and entered into a day that knows no end. Okay? He says, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord will be above the mountains, every mountain of the earth, and even above the little hills. You know, a mountain is a high thing, an impassable thing. I've had lots of mountains in my life. I've had lots of strongholds in my thinking. I've had lots of strongholds in my heart. But even when I'm not faithful, Jesus is. 
And I found that the mountain of the Lord, when I when when he wakes me up, when he shakes my heart, and he wakes me up to the reality of him, I find that his mountain, which is made of stones of love, <laughs> is greater than any mountain on this earth. It's greater than every mountain of offense. It's greater than every mountain of judgment. See, all the stones in the mountains of the earth are stones of death. But every stone in the mountain of God is a stone of love. In 50 years of knowing Jesus, he, I found the most important thing is I'm learning he's my friend. And I've discovered that his love is greater than I thought it was. I've discovered that things don't really matter that much. What matters is relationship. And I've discovered that, that um, there's only one thing that is unshakable on planet Earth. It's love. It's the only thing that can't shake. And when the Earth is shaking, it's not because the devil is shaking it. It's because what is not love shakes when it gets around love. <laughs> I didn't say it. God said it. It's, it's in the very character of who he is. When he walks into the room, anything that can shake will shake. So that you'll discover the one and only thing that can never be shaken. That's the love of God. He loves us. So we're talking about things being made new. Huh. New things are always a testimony of now relationships. Um, the law was an old covenant teacher until we would come to the new covenant and we would discover the new covenant teacher. Now, the law didn't change us. The law restrained us. It restrained our carnalities. It restricts us, restrains us. The law is good, but the law doesn't change us. Uh, the law is not a the law is not a good teacher. The law is a good controller, a terrible teacher. It it can help convict us, but it doesn't change us. It doesn't liberate us. A personal connection with God is the only thing that changes us. You see, our, our real problem is not being evil. Our real problem is there are areas in our lives that are dead. The best born of woman was a guy named John. We call him John the Baptist, but I don't think he was a Baptist. He was just a baptizer. But, uh, anyway, <laughs> but John the baptizer, he was the best it could be in an old covenant system. And his message was, stop being evil. Stop being evil. Uh, Jesus' message is stronger than that. He didn't come to tell us to repent from being evil. He came to get us to repent from being dead. Try doing that without him. Repent from being dead. You see, when I'm not alive in an area of my heart, I become a place where evil things can rest. And so repentance 
In Christ is not repentance from evil, it's repentance from being dead. It's not a one-time experience, it's daily, increasing experience. Oh, Jesus, thank you that you love me enough that you take every dead area in me and you turn it into a place of life. Um, we're in the spring. I left in April for overseas. I came home in May. I left in April. It was winter. I came back. It seemed like summer back in, down in Bellingham where I'm at. I left weren't many, many leaves. Some weren't even budding out. I came back. Everything was green. Uh, I had a fig tree in my yard. And fig trees don't necessarily do all that great in our type of climate. Probably better for me than you. I'm not quite as cold as the Kootenays. Uh, but I lost a fig tree the year before. And I thought, Man, I hope this fig tree makes it. I covered it during the winter. And when I left, there was no leaves on it. I talked to Bonnie many times, pretty much every day while I was out. And she says, I'm a little concerned. I think the fig tree might be dead. <laughs> nothing on the fig tree. Nothing on the fig tree. Looking for something new. Nothing new. It just looks dead. And then one day, a leaf popped out on the fig tree. And yesterday, there were more leaves on the fig tree. This morning, I went out before I left. And, oh, there's a couple more coming on the top. The, the fig tree is coming alive. Now, why? Because the fig tree is connected. Okay? Jeremiah, the prophet, I think he's in Jeremiah 17, he says, if you don't trust in God, you're like a, you're, you're like a, a, a bush, like a wilderness bush. A good description would be like a tumbleweed. You dry up and you blow away. But if you trust in God, you can be like a tree planted by the river, and you'll bear fruit, you'll flourish. Trees are good teachers. Uh, I didn't put any videos out from my fig tree on figs. I didn't put the book of figs out for it to read while I was gone. Uh, I didn't post, you know, the book of fig. Chapter 5, verse 3, I did post little stickers all over the tree so that it would know what the word of figs is. Well, the fig tree was just connected in the environment of a fig tree, and it woke up. Every human being is made of spirit, soul, and body. It's a permanent thing. Even when we die, we're still going to be spirit, still soul, and we even get a new body. So important. It's different than this body, but a body is an important part of us. Spirit, soul, and body. Now, before my trees put out any leaves, you could see their shape. You could see their, their trunk. You could see their limbs. You could see their branches. So I could see my little, my little fig tree. It has a little trunk, its, its limbs, and its branches. And if, if I knew anything about trees, I could look at the shape of that tree and I'd say, whoa, that, that's a fig tree. Or, whoa, look, that, that's, a, that's a hickory tree. Oh, that, that's a pecan tree. Oh, that, that's an apple tree. But if I knew trees, you know, the, the shape of a tree, the trunk, the limbs, and the branches. That's like our physical life. 
Now, we think our physical life is like the most important. <laughs> I got to have a physical life. But my fig tree, when it just had a physical life, I thought it was dead. It didn't have any leaves. It didn't have any fulfillment of purpose. It just had a, the shape of the tree. Every one of us are like that. We have a shape. Okay? This, this, is the, this is the shape of Ted. His trunk, his limbs, his branches. And then there's, you know, the, there's the shape of, of Dan, and there's the shape of Pastor Jesse, shape of Bonnie, shape of John, shape of Bruce. Lots of shapes. It's the tree. If you know the tree, you'd recognize the tree. Oh, that's oh, that's Bruce. That's the tree Bruce. You know? Or that's the tree Dan. So I, I know the, the tree shape. So it's the trunk, the limbs, and the branches. Now, inside of that tree, every tree, if we were to cut it down, Jesse, do you cut trees down? Is that what you do? You, you still do that? Cut trees down? You, you cut a tree down. And inside that tree, you can see rings. It's growth rings, right? It's in the trunk. It's in the branch. Even in the limbs, you can see all through the core of that tree, you see the inner part of that tree called the, the inner core of the tree. I call it the soul of the tree. So the body and the soul. The soul of the tree, your soul is not your brain. Your brain is a biological instrument that serves your soul. Listen to me. Your soul is not your brain. Your brain is a biological instrument that serves your soul. And your soul is the area of your being. It's your inner core that facilitates your thoughts, your reasoning, your imagination, your emotions, your desires. Probably some other things also, but those are the basics. Now, your trunk, your limbs, and your branches need some thoughts. They need some motivation of reasoning. There's some imagination, some desires, some emotions that need to happen, or the trunk, the limbs, the branches, they just they don't move. They don't do anything. So the secret to this tree is what is inside the tree. The secret to you is what is inside of you. Now, the soul by itself is an interesting thing because it's so like, you know, you can find some old trees around here. You cut one down and, and you look at it. I used to do this with one that was 700, I think it was 730 years old. I, I counted. And uh, I would look at it and I would say, oh, my goodness. How many bears scratched on your bark? So we can cut you at any place. We, let's say we cut you into your inner core and we see your trunk or your limbs or your branches and we say, oh my, those were some flooding years, weren't they? Oh my, you went through some droughts. Oh, did, did a car crash into you? That must have hurt. That forest fire charge you? That must have been a terrible experience. See, your soul experiences things from the outside in that are attempts to stop you from being new. We drove, we haven't been up here for four years, and I drove up Highway 3. 
where all the forest fires were, the last time I came through, they were all black. And I was amazed at how much green is on what was black. And a lot of trees died, but there's a lot that you thought were dead that took a couple of years. But having not seen it for four years, four years later, I see green on trees that I thought were dead. Hmm. So something new happened in those wounded trees. Jesus said, behold, I make all things new. <laughs> so things happen to us. Vehicles crash into us. Droughts happen. Fires burn. Uh, wounds, death, experiences happen. And they, they attempt to penetrate our soul. Matter of fact, even the way a, a devil works, the devil or a devil, take your pick, big or small, they are what they are. <laughs> Satan, a false accuser, a liar, or a Satan, take your pick, big or small, they're all the same. But things that lie, things that seek to destroy us, spiritual forces that come against us, the Bible says they war against our soul. They war against your inner core. My soul is not here. My soul is the shape of me like the tree. It goes through every part of me. Now, there's a third dimension to the tree. There's a third dimension to you and me. And that third dimension is the human spirit. In the tree, it's called the sap. You see, you know why my fig tree woke up? Because its sap is on the only thing that can make all things new is is your sap on. Is the sap in the tree? Is the spirit in the tree? Now, when God speaks to me and when he speaks to you, which he does every day, all the time, even when you're not realizing it, he's speaking to you every day, all the time. And he's not speaking to your soul. Huh. It's not God's job to speak to your soul. He speaks to your spirit. It's your spirit's job to speak to your soul. But the only way your spirit can speak to your soul is if your sap is on. If your spirit is connected to Holy Spirit. Now, abstaining from the world doesn't make me holy. It can make me dead. It can't make me holy. It can make me empty, but it can't make me holy. Disciplining my flesh can't make me holy. It can put me in prison, but it can't make me holy. It can put me in a straitjacket, so I look like I'm in control, but can't make me holy. The only thing that can make me holy is if my spirit, my sap, becomes holy. And the only way my spirit can become holy is if my spirit is one with Holy Spirit. Okay? 
And I have a wonderful friend in Bulgaria, pastor's wife, Vessie. She did an awesome meeting in March when I was there. And she always refers to Holy Spirit as the spirit of holiness. When, see, I often, I try not to say the Holy Spirit. It's just like, you know, Smokey Bear's first name is not the. <laughs> or his middle name is not the, Smokey the Bear. He's just Smokey Bear. But Holy Spirit is not the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is Holy Spirit. Jesus, the Christ, Holy Spirit, Father. They're persons in, in, the, in the triune being God. But they're persons of God. Holy Spirit is here. Holy Spirit is in us. Holy Spirit is with us. Holy Spirit is so wonderful that Holy Spirit in us can fill us up to overflowing. Holy Spirit can clothe us. Holy Spirit can give us identity that is beyond our natural limitations. Holy Spirit is the spirit of wholeness holiness in my spirit that causes my spirit huh, to become holy. And when my spirit becomes holy, when my spirit becomes sanctified, when my spirit is set apart to Holy Spirit, then my spirit wells up and it moves up through my, my trunk. It moves up through my limbs. It moves up through my, my branches. It moves up through all the wounded places all the places where there have been forest fires, all the places where there's been droughts or floods, every area where there's been a trauma, a wound, a misunderstanding, an offense. Oh, Holy Spirit floods my spirit. My spirit, my sap begins to flow up through my being. And all of a sudden, a leaf happens. Another leaf happens. You can't do leaves. Leaves happen. And then it progresses. Buds happen. Little right now I, I went out in my, my yard and, and I have some prophetic trees out there. Uh, my apple trees, there's lots of little baby apples on my apple tree. I looked at them this morning. I went out and looked at the pears. Oh, so gorgeous, especially the Asian ones. Oh, I got four kinds of pears on my pear tree. I, I've got mixed races on my pear tree. And then I looked at the Asians this morning. Oh, they were gorgeous this morning before. I but they're not, my, my pear tree is not doing pears. My apple tree is not doing apples. They're just happening because that's the kind of tree they are. And I can go and I can look at my apple tree and I guess, whoa, I can say, whoa, 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 look, wow, wow, behold, all things new. <laughs> I can look at my pear tree and I say, whoa, whoa, winter's over, look, whoa, hey, behold. <laughs> By the way, the Hansen translation, the word behold is, hi, hello, hey, woo, check it out. It reads something like that. So in other words, there's something that people can see, they can experience because something new is happening. Galatians says this about the law. It says in Galatians 3 verse 19, what purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of the transgression. See, the law, God never wanted law for human beings. 
The transgression was we were too stupid to figure this connection thing out. It was hidden. It's hidden in creation. You want to understand God? Take a walk in the woods. <laughs> Don't look at anything that man made. Look only that that which God made and then let it talk to you. Let God teach you something. I'm, I've, been I've been talking to you scripture and I'm just using a tree. <laughs> I can show you verses. I can show you verses on that stuff, but this is this is just common sense. The tree, did you know the only creation that requires information is people. And do you know why that is? Not because of God. It's because humanity chose a different family tree than the one that was destined for them. The tree of life was our destined tree. <clears throat> And we, told, we chose the tree of being smart. The tree of the knowledge of good and the knowledge of evil. And then we created a world that's a lie. Listen to me. We created an old world. It's called Old Covenant. We created an old world. A world that forever grows old. A world that forever gets wounded. A world that's forever making judgments. We created a world that is based on how smart must I be. We created a world that's independent of sap connection. <laughs> we created a world of doing and we lost the world of being. Until one day, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. <laughs> one human being in all the nations one and only human being everyone else was a human wannabe or a human doo-doo <laughs> and God loved the human wannabes they just wanted to be but didn't know how and God loved the human doo-doos they were just stuck in doing didn't know. Life isn't about doing it. It's about being. So a human being showed up. And it says of him in John chapter 1 verse 13, it says that he was full of grace and truth. That means his sap was on. He was connected to the Father. He was connected to Holy Spirit. So his spirit was constantly being made holy. <laughs> his thoughts were constantly thoughts of life, thoughts of love, thoughts of being loved. The law came because we didn't want that kind of a relationship. We wanted information and we couldn't fi figure it out. So God gave Written law. You know, law doesn't exist because it's written. Anybody climb trees, tall trees? Who climbs tall trees? Anybody? You climb tall trees, huh, Ron? Okay. You climb a tall tree. Who climbs tall buildings? Anybody work on tall buildings? Ron climbs everything tall. I think, hey, we got a tall climber here. I used to do high iron, right? Okay. So if you climb tall stuff, I bet you anything, you respect a law called gravity. Matter of fact, I bet you gravity even compels you sometimes to wear a safety harness. 
-hmm. Have you ever worn one? Yes. You hook it sometimes? Okay. I did, I used to also sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but you respect a law that there's things written about it, but gravity doesn't exist because somebody wrote a book about it. Anything that you find of God, of anything, like example, whatever you do with the first determines what happens to all the rest. You know, that's a law. It's in nature. It's in creation. Somebody figured that out. A guy named Abel figured it out. <laughs> but because people were too stupid, because their heart wanted to be independent, because of transgression, because of transgression, because they didn't want to be connected to God, they wanted to be independent. God gave the law in written form. He gave us the law because of our transgression, because of our disconnection. Till the seed should come, which is Jesus, to whom the promise was made. It was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator does not mediate for only one only, but God is one. So uh, is the law then against the promises of God? Certainly not. So he's saying the law is good, but the law was only temporary. It wasn't, it wasn't meant to be our rule of life. The law is a terrible way to live. Okay. The law is good. Okay. Bonnie and I have been married for 46 years. We just celebrated our anniversary last Monday. It was 46 years. Okay. Now, we do not live by the law of thou shalt not commit adultery. We don't live by that law. That's a shadow of our relationship, but it's not a law of which we live by. We don't live under that law. That is not a law we live under. We, we cast a shadow that looks like that law. So, so what do we live in? We live in something higher than law. We live in love. We can never return to a first experience. We've been married long enough to know there's too many experiences to return to a first one. But every single day we can return to our first love. Our relationship can be new every single day with three simple words. Here I am. Here I am. Well, let's add, let's add four words. Hi. Here I am. <laughs> Those four words will make all things new. Hi. Here I am. My relationship with God is based on a high. Here I am. God's relationship with me is based on a high. Here I am. My relationship with God is not based on what he said yesterday. My relationship with God is based on the fact that he just said, Hi. Here I am. He's my friend. He's Holy Spirit. He's the one who makes my spirit holy. And my spirit makes things new. So the promise was that he, we would not need the law as a teacher. The law tells us we need the sap. We need a connection. We need connection with the one who loves us. I'm going to show you where the... The promise now is all for all people. Acts chapter 15. 
verse 12. Then all the multitude kept silent and listened to Barnabas and Paul declaring how many miracles, wonders of God had worked through them among the Gentiles. Gentiles are simply people who had no clue, human wannabes, didn't know what to be, didn't know what to believe, didn't have the covenants. After they had become silent, James answered saying, now, now they're giving testimony about this group of people who had no concept of law, no concept of the rules, no concept of what is expected, and Jesus shows up. It sounded something like, ah, whoa, oh, I love you, Jesus. Jesus, oh, Jesus, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh. It sounded something like that. It sounded like sap came into the tree. <laughs> okay, it, it caused a big dilemma in Jerusalem because the elders had to get together and say, what do we do with this? <laughs> what do we do with this? I mean, these are, they don't know anything about the law. What do, what do we put on? What do we tell them? And they just, <laughs> I was blind, now I see. So, stuff like that. You know, leaves popping up. Fruit coming on the tree. Life coming off of them. So these elders are trying to figure this out. They became silent. James, he, he answers, he says, Men and brethren, listen to me. Simon has declared how God at first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. With this, the words of the prophet agree, just as it is written. And he's quoting Amos chapter 9. After this, I will return and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins. I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. Even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things. Somehow James gets a revelation that what the prophet Amos was speaking about is happened by these Gentiles simply getting a connection to Holy Spirit and coming alive. Something new has happened. Okay, Amos chapter 9 verse 11, this is what Amos the prophet said. On that day I'll raise up the tabernacle of David which has fallen down and repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom, that's the land of Esau, and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does this thing. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper, the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine and the hills shall flow with it. I will break, I will bring back the captives of my people Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink the wine of them. And they shall also make gardens and eat the fruit of them. I will plant them in their land. No longer shall they be pulled up from the land which I have given them. Now, we tend to think about natural Israel when we talk about that. But I believe the Israel of God includes natural Israel. But I believe that Abraham was the father of many nations, not the father of a nation. 
So the Israel of God, I believe, is made of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. It's, it's not, okay, you, you can't politically be Israel. You can't politically be Christian. What makes you Christian is Christ in you. Christ in humanity. I don't even believe Jesus had Christianity in mind when he came. He didn't come so you'd know what to believe or so that you would know what to do. He came so that you'd know who to believe. And so you'd know who he is. You'd know who you are. So he came to put Christ in humanity. That's the only way you can be a human being is for Christ to be in you. For Holy Spirit to be in you, that's what makes your spirit holy. And so in the early church, when you ask somebody, well, what is this? What is this? Their answer would be, uh, the way. It's the way. And they probably said that kind of with like, like this is the way. This is what he said. This is the way. He said, this is the way. <laughs> and then in Antioch, they got accused of being Christian by Christ. So it stuck. The label Christian stuck, which is a good thing and a terrible thing. Because now you can live with a label. You can get a Chiquita label and pretend you're a banana, put it on your forehead. <laughs> you can get a Christian label, put it on your forehead, pretend you're a Christian. But what makes you like Christ is is sap on. <clears throat> Are all things new? Is life happening? Is the tent of David been restored? What is the tent of David? Whose idea was the tabernacle of David? It was David's idea. <laughs> And you know what God said? I like it. You see, God's idea, because of the transgression, because man just couldn't figure out intimacy with God without rules, a, Torah, a whole Torah temple system was given, including a tent called the Tabernacle of Witness. But something happened in 1 Samuel chapter 6, the Ark of the Covenant, the manifest presence of God in the tent, got stolen. And nobody noticed for 20 years. <laughs> Second Samuel chapter 6, 20 years. From first Samuel chapter 6, second Samuel chapter 6, 20 years. Manifest presence of God is not in the tabernacle. No sap in the tree. Got the shape of the tree, got the limbs, got the branches, no leaves, no fruit, no sap. And David shows up and realizes he's been given the responsibility of being a testimony of the Son of God. He's totally disqualified by natural standards. He's an adulterer. He's a murderer. He's sneaky. He's all the things that you are. All the things I am. <laughs> 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 
But he gets a revelation. His revelation is God is great. God is good. His mercy endures forever. And he realizes if I'm going to be king, then I got to have the manifest presence of God seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And every decision that I make, every decision that I make has to be in the atmosphere of the manifest presence of God, including hearing his word, experiencing his presence. Okay. You can set up seven-day-a-week, 24-hour-a-day worship here at the junction, and your sap might still not be on But when you become like a group of Gentiles on the raw street who simply say, ah, Jesus, ah, Jesus, oh, God, you're good. Oh, what is that? I don't know. <laughs> when you become connected to the one who is life and life happens in you, that's the tent. Of David. That's what David saw. Your sap's got to be on. Your tree has got to be connected. The tabernacle of David is a today tent. The tent says something about you and God and how life should be. David's tent was David's idea idea it was not a not an instruction from God. First Chronicles 28:2, I had it in my heart to make a place, to build a house for God, to make a place for God's manifest presence, for a footstool for our God. I made preparations for that. God liked David's tent. It was a tent of relationship. It was not a tent of form of service. It was not a tent of ritual. It was a tent of raw connection with God. The law was added until the seed could finally come and give us the tent. In the tent of David, every order and measure of society confessed a dependency on God. Every measure that confessed a dependency on God. God, to be a dad, I can't do it without you. God, to be a husband, ha, ha, I need my sap on. God, to be a friend, I need my sap on. God, to be an enemy, I need my sap on. God, God to, to live in this world, I need my sap on. God, I need to be me. I need to be authentic. I need to be your son. And I can only do that because of your son. And I can only do that by your Holy Spirit in this tent. I need your Holy Spirit to make my spirit holy. The focus was not on the tent. But who was in the tent? 
Zechariah 14 describes this. It shall come to pass that everyone who is left of the nations which came against Jerusalem. I believe that in the first century, nations came against Jerusalem. And there was a finalizing of an old covenant tabernacle to declare that from now on, there's a new covenant tabernacle. I hope we all find the tabernacle of David even tonight. I hope we become, we get a revelation that we are the tent where the manifest presence of God rests. God rests here. We have peace with God. God rests here. Before 2020 hit, I know I've Zoomed some of you since, but I was here in 2019, December of 2019. God told me 2020 is going to be a year of me resting in your life. I didn't have any idea what was going to happen. But he said, this is a year where you're going to find me resting in your life. Now, if you didn't find God resting in your life in 2020, 2020 was a miserable year for you. God rests in your life. Why? He loves you. He likes you. He rests in your life. He believes in you. He abides in you. <laughs> so it says that the Feast of Tabernacles happens. It shall be whichever of the families of the earth don't come to Jerusalem to worship. But where's Jerusalem? Jerusalem is not some place in the Middle East. Jerusalem is a vision of peace. It's a city whose builder and maker is God. Jerusalem, a vision of peace. Is your life being established, being created by a vision of peace with God? Is your marriage an expression of a vision of peace with God? Is your family a testimony of a vision of peace with God? Is that streaming into your life? Is God causing your life to become a community? By the way, Build a community, you may never get a temple. Build a temple, you'll always get a community. Now the question is, what kind of temple are you going to build? King Cyrus was attributed with an order of building the city, but King Cyrus never said build a city. What did he say? Build a temple. But once the temple was completed, even though Cyrus was dead, it was Cyrus's word to build a city. Get Jesus in your life, let him be first and foremost, not the first day, but also the second day, and the 50th day, and the 1,000th day, and the 40th year, and the 45th year, and the 50th year, and the 99th year. Let him be first and foremost in your life, every day of your life. <laughs> And you will become the fullness of the testimony of life. Behold, I make all things new. It's the only way to live in this new reality is to be the tent of his presence, to tabernacle with him, to have a vision of peace, to know that he's in your life. So he says he, he tabernacles with them, those who come to him. And it says, in that day, verse 20 of Zechariah 14, holiness to the Lord shall be engraved on the bells of the horses. 
And the pots of the Lord's house shall be like the bowls before the altar. In other words, things that weren't holy become holy. How do you become holy? You're connected to Holy Spirit. Becoming holy won't connect you to Holy Spirit. Because you can't. Connecting to Holy Spirit is what makes you holy. Connecting to holy. When he says be holy as I am holy, that means be connected. That doesn't mean get it figured out. When you got it figured out, come to me. Get rid of your spots and blemishes and I'll marry you, babe. No, he says, come here, honey. Let me kiss you. I'll get rid of every spot and blemish. I don't see any of them. I'm joined to the one who's life. You're joined to the one who's life. Behold, I make all things new. <laughs> many, many scriptures, but God wants a relationship with us, not a ritual. He wants a relationship with us. He wants to connect with us. Huh. Jesus walked as a man for 33 and a half years and he demonstrated what a human being looks like. He said, greater things than these will you do. Because he was one new covenant man in an old covenant time. When no one could be new covenant yet. I think that was enough to get your ticket to heaven through Jesus. But it wasn't enough to get the ticket to heaven into you. But Jesus said, greater things you'll do. Why? Because behold... All things are new. I spell new covenant N O W because the moment it's not now, it's not new. So the new covenant is N O W, the new covenant. The end, end of Jesus' demonstration of being a now covenant guy. He says to his disciples, he says, don't let your heart be troubled. It's, it's, good. it's good that I go because um, I go to prepare a place for you. In my father's house, there are many mansions. <laughs> when you saw Jesus, you saw a mansion. Why did you see a mansion? He says, if you saw him, you saw the Father. Why is the Father such a mansion? <clears throat> Do you know our Father doesn't need anything? Never has, never will. Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, let your kingdom come. Holy is your name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth. What? As it is in heaven. Which means... It's never been bad in heaven. Not as it's going to be in heaven. As it is in heaven. God never had a problem. <coughs> he didn't come to fix his world. He came to fix mine. He came to fix yours. Sin never stopped him from seeing who I am. It only stopped me from seeing who he is. 
and it stopped me from seeing Goliath. Never stopped him from seeing who he is. How do I know? He proved it when he sent his only begotten son. He sent his son because he saw who we are. <clears throat> when I was born again, I can't finally see. Maybe being born again is not a one-time thing. I'm shaking you now, aren't I? Maybe it's not a one-time thing. Maybe it's a way of life. Maybe in every season, there has to be an again. Maybe my fig tree had to be born again. Maybe I need to be born again. Tonight. Maybe unless I'm born again, I can't see the kingdom of God. And even though I think I'm smart and I've known it so long, sometimes I get too smart. And unless I'm born again, I can't see it. Let me give you a, a real illustration on this. Because I wrestled with this. I had a little seven-year-old boy in my congregation that was murdered by his dad. And I had to do his funeral. His name was Talon. Talon used to want to be a preacher when he grew up. He used to sing songs on the way to church. And I had to do his funeral. And how do I do this? His grandpa gave me something to read because grandpa couldn't read it. And I got to read it at the funeral. <laughs> I'm thinking, geez. And so before the funeral, I'm I'm with God, saying, God, you gotta help me here. I said, Talon should have got at least 70 years. What's the deal? And he said, you know, he said, you were supposed to get nine months in your mother's womb. And you got ripped off. They had to put you in an incubator. You came out early. You were blue and weren't breathing. They had to put you in an incubator. You had to stay in a hot box for a bit. You know, you turned out okay. <laughs> and he said, you know, Talon should have had a certain amount of time. It takes nine months to develop in a womb of water to come into a natural world. I guess you should get at least 70 years in a womb of spirit before you enter into the next. And God said, Talon only got seven, but he's all right, I got it. So every now and then I mentioned Talon because he wanted to be a preacher when he grew up. So tonight, there you go, there's Talon talking to you. He's all right. But in that little lesson, I learned that, well, maybe being born again is not just a momentary experience. Maybe being submerged in the Holy Spirit is not an event. Maybe it's a lifestyle. That's true. Maybe it's a way of life. Maybe prayer is not something you do in prayer hour. Maybe it's a face-to-face, -face, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Maybe. Maybe communion is not some bread you eat or wine you drink. Maybe it's a body you're a part of, a spirit you partake of. I'm being crazy here, aren't I? But just maybe. 
God wants us to be human beings. I'm not belittling the things that we do. God honors and respects those things. But what's in the tent is more important than the tent. Jesus, at the end of his life, he said to his disciples, he said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It's important that I go. I'm preparing a place for you. I think the place is I'm looking at mansions tonight. It's not just a place you're going, but you're a mansion. You're a spacious place of the giver. The one who gives life, breath, and all things. Does anybody have any apple trees in, their, in your yard? Who's got an apple tree? Okay, come on. Does it give you apples? Yes. Does it take any for itself? Yes. My, if you fall on the ground, but the apple tree's not saying, how dare you take an apple? It's dropping three apples your way. Isn't it? Okay. It's, it's it always, gives. It's always more than you need. Always more than you need. It gives apples. That's why they call it an apple tree. It gives you apples. A pecan tree gives you pecans. Hickory tree gives you hickory nuts. Even an oak tree gives deer acorns, right? They're always giving away. Trees always giving away stuff. Okay? That's what fruit is. Fruit gives away life. Fruit gives away life. Fruit gives away life. Every mansionous place gives away something. In my father's house, there are many mansions. <laughs> yeah, you, what's ever true in the smallest measure is true in the greatest measure. Whatever's true in the greatest measure is true in the smallest measure. So you can have a great mansion in heaven. It's fine. Keep it. It's good. It'll be nice when you get there. But I'm telling you, before you get there, you're already a spacious place of the presence of God. Because Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you boys. He's talking to his disciples so that where I am, you can be also. And where you are, I will be. He's with them in the room when he's telling them this. But not many days in the future, he's more than with them in the room. He's with them in their hearts. He's with them in heaven. He's with them in the future. He's with them in the present. They knew more after he rose from the dead and poured out his spirit in them and upon them than they did when he was in the room with them for three and a half years. Uh -huh. Their eyes and their heart were opened when things became new. Behold, I make all things new. He wants to make it new for us. Jesus said to, to, to Thomas, he says, he said, Thomas, he says, I, you, well, you know the way, you know the way. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. Now, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But what is the way? What is the truth? <laughs> what is the life? Let me tell you, I believe the way is this. The way is get your sap on. The way is get connected to Holy Spirit in your heart. If you're not connected to him tonight, the way is the only means by which you can become the truth. And the truth is, what is the core of your very being? It's only one of you. You don't need to kill anyone else for not being you. You don't need to measure anybody else by you. You don't need anyone else to measure yourself. You need to be connected to the Holy Spirit in your spirit. 
And then let your spirit flood your soul. And let your thoughts come from the inside out, not the, in, the outside in. You don't need the judgments of the flesh. You need the judgment of the spirit. Are you ready for a judgment of the spirit? Mercy. Eternal life for all who believe. So did you tap on the way is to be connected to the Holy Spirit, then become a manifestation of the real you. And now the ultimate will be what's seen in your limbs and your branches. Why? It'll pop out. It's called the life. It's called the life. See, Jesus demonstrated the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And through him as the way, the truth, and the life, I live in the way. Is the truth and the life. Hmm. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are God in us, God with us. We thank you for the life that you are. Thank you that you have been sent by the Father in Jesus' name. Thank you that you are so faithful. You intercede all night long, all day long. You're drawing heaven into our spirit. <clears throat> Even tonight, some of us are going to have dreams that are quickened by you. All of us are going to be affected by you in our spirit. Help us so that when we wake tomorrow, we allow our spirit to flood our soul. Help us that we would be, as you said, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Don't strive to hear, just let him hear. Let life come into our thoughts. Let life come into our reasoning. Let life and the giving of life come into our imagination, our emotions, our desires. And then inspire us, inspire us. Soul, come alive. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Let my soul tell my hands, and my eyes, and my mouth, and my body, my my branches, let them be givers. Let them give life to my world. Let them give life to my family, life to my neighborhood, life to my world. God told me at the beginning of this year that this is a year of new strength, and that it's a year of actions, not reactions. Every time you react, you'll get in the flesh. But when you decide, I'm going to act, that can be faith. But faith always gives life. It never seeks to destroy. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Behold, I make all things new. Mm.
It's really quite simple. I want to be like a tree planted by the river. And flourish in every season. Bear fruit in every season. Bear fruit in every season. Even in our older years, bear fruit in every season. To bring life to our world. Yeah? Holy Spirit, I know you're doing this in the nations. You're stirring up a generation to want you. You've put it in us to want to know you. Eternity is in the hearts of men and women that you awaken the fig tree. Would you awaken the hickory? Waken the apple. Waken the pear. Before you come tomorrow, go find a tree. If you can still find one that's not totally open yet, look for it. Know where it is so you can go a week from now and find it again and see what happens. Okay, that's just a tree. Don't you think that we should be like that? <laughs> Springtime is here. Holy Spirit is here. I feel that I've challenged you with a word. I, you know, I, I'm not feeling hugely compelled to prophesy. I think I've already challenged you very strong. But if you can just simply re remember this, I'm going to get my sap on. <laughs> I'm going to get my connection. That's the way. It is through Jesus. He's the only way. But even, even if you weren't sure how to articulate his name, he's the way to get you there. Okay. He's the way. To be connected to the Holy Spirit. Whose name does Holy Spirit come in? Jesus' name. That's not a label, that's a character, that's a nature, that's a way. It's even a power and an authority. Yeah? All right. <laughs> Amen. If anybody needs prayer at the end, I'd be happy to pray for anybody. But I think I've delivered to you what I need to deliver tonight. It's a, still kind of sunnish out there. I don't want to rob you of your entire weekend. I want to give it back to you. Thank you, Master Dean. Thank you, Lord. I just feel like you want to rest in us, so I don't want to add anything to it. We welcome here tomorrow night, seven o'clock, and we welcome up for prayer. Take care. Whoops, I'm spilling water on myself.